Girl Daily podcast, written by Stephanie Bond, narrated by Tegan Ashton Cohan, produced by Propeller Sound Studios. July 16th, Sunday. My phone rang, and I smiled to see Donnie's name. I answered, praying nothing else was wrong. Hi, Professor. What's up? I'm here, sis. Here? Where? In your lobby. I almost dropped the phone. In my lobby? In Atlanta? Yeah, I came to visit you. The guy at the desk says I have to call you to come get me. Are you alone? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay, I'll be right down. As I rode the elevator down, my mind reeled with questions. Donnie, nor anyone in my family, had ever visited me since I left home for college. When I walked off the elevator, I spotted my brother talking to the chatty concierge guy I usually avoided. Hello, Miss Culpepper. You have a visitor. I see. I smiled at Donnie, who had dressed up for the occasion in dark jeans and a pale blue button-up shirt I'd given him for Christmas. He was so handsome. My heart squeezed. I wondered when some dewdrop girl was going to snag him. When it happened, I hoped she was a good person. Hi, sis. He seemed awestruck. This is where you live? Yes. Upstairs. Want to see? Sure. This is so neat, Donnie said, looking all around the expansive lobby as we walked to the elevator. A pretty young woman in a short dress walked by and smiled at him. Hello, Donnie said, and turned around to watch her walk away before catching up with me. She's pretty. Yes, she is, I agreed. How did you get here, Professor? He grinned. GPS. My boss told me to drive a car we were working on to see how it ran on the interstate. I asked if I could drive it up here, and he said, sure, as long as I have it back by closing time. I swallowed a reprimand. Donnie wasn't a child, and he was an excellent driver. Where did you park? That guy in the lobby, Henry, told me where to go. He said it was free because I'm visiting you. I felt contrite. I didn't even know the name of the concierge. Good. We walked into the elevator, and to my dismay, the woman carrying the pug got on with us. She moved to the other side of the car. Hi, Donnie said. Her eyes were wary. Hello. I like your dog. Can I pet him? She hesitated, then nodded. Donnie reached out and scratched the dog under its chin, displacing lots of wrinkly skin. What's his name? Howard. Donnie murmured to the pet as if it were a child, and the pug licked his hand. He's sweet, Donnie said. Yes, he's my little angel, the woman purred. My eyes ached from wanting to roll, but I resisted. This is a cool elevator, Donnie said. Henry says it doesn't have a machine room. And that's very different? I asked. 
Yeah, it takes up less space, and it uses weights and counterweights to operate instead of hydraulics and cables. That's why the ride is so smooth and quiet. It is a quiet elevator, my neighbor agreed. The elevator in the building I used to live in was noisy and jerky. It was probably a geared traction elevator, Donnie said matter-of-factly. They're louder and rougher, and they're robust, too, and cheaper to maintain. Are you an engineer? She asked. No, I'm just a car mechanic, but I like all kinds of machines. My name is Donnie Culpepper. She smiled. I'm Mindy Chasen. Nice to meet you. He gestured to me. This is my sister, Della. We've met, she said coolly. The elevator door opened and she exited. Donnie looked at me, and I just shrugged. Come on, my door is this way. He followed me down the hallway, taking in every detail. I stopped to punch in my access code. You don't have a key? No, just a secret code. Like the new cars? That's right. I opened the door, and his eyes widened. This is your house? I nodded. Come in. He walked inside, turning circles in his eagerness to absorb everything. Wow, this looks like a place a celebrity would live. I enjoyed seeing my condo through his eyes. The modern finishes and ice cream colors were sleek and soothing, and about as far away from the green clapboard house in Dewdrop as one could imagine. You must make a lot of money, he breathed. That stopped me. I do okay. But he would be astonished if he knew how much money was required to keep all of this going. When I put a pencil to it, I was a little shocked myself. He walked to the window. Wow, look at this view. From there to there, I said pointing, is all Triangle Point. What's that building? He asked in awe, pointing to a skyscraper so close, it looked as if we could open a window and swing over to it. It's called the Battlecoin Building. It must be 50 stars tall. I think you're right. People live there. No, it's an office building. I'll bet they have amazing elevators. I'll bet they do. He turned back to me. You're not mad that I came to see you. I touched his arm. Of course not. Why would you say that? He shrugged. You just seem angry all the time. Well, sure. I'm upset over the Gill situation. I mean, before Gill. You changed after you got that sales job. I crossed my arms. Changed? Yeah. And not just the way you look. Donnie, I think you might have misunderstood. I'm fine. He nodded. Okay. My doctor says sometimes I make mistakes about people. Just know that I'm very glad to see you, I assured him. I checked my watch. Why don't we go walk around Triangle Point? I'll give you a little tour, 
and we could have lunch before you head back. That would be great, he said. Then he sobered. I brought you something. What? He withdrew a piece of paper from his shirt pocket. It's the information Mom wouldn't give you about Gil. She said you knew a cop who could find him. I took the paper. I don't know if I can find Gil, but he can find out things that might help locate him. Good, because what Gil did wasn't right. Thank you, Donnie. This really helps. We spent the next couple of hours window shopping, eating at food trucks, listening to live music and, much to Donnie's delight, checking out a half dozen concept cars on display in the arcade. He couldn't have been happier. This is a great place, he said. I can see why you like living here. Then he nodded to a knot of young people sitting on a sidewalk nearby. Are those kids homeless? I don't know, I said. But it appears they're either homeless or passing through. I've seen a lot of kids like that today. I frowned. You have? Yeah. Did you see the three girls in front of the music store? They were dirty and looked like they were lost. No, I sighed. I guess I see it so often. I stop seeing it, you know? I guess so, Donnie said, but he seemed worried. It's the way he gets when he can't reconcile why things are the way they are. And it's one of the reasons why I've sheltered him from the city. It's not anything you have to worry about, I assured him. I turned to throw away my lunch wrapper and noticed Charlie Graham a few feet away, surveying one of the futuristic cars. He saw me too, and when he made a move toward me, I turned and grabbed Donnie's arm. Come on, let's get a scoop of ice cream before you head home. Okay, Donnie said cheerfully. I glanced back to make sure Charlie wasn't following me. He caught my gaze and gave me a quick head nod. I kept going. Stephanie Bond, author of the Temp Girl Daily Podcast. If you find this story intriguing, I would be so grateful if you take two minutes to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Good reviews feed the magic algorithms that decide what to show listeners who are searching for an entertaining podcast. In short, reviews help more people find Temp Girl. Thank you so much for your support.